I'm Kathy Bashanko. I hope most of you know who I am. If you're in this group, you have probably seen my posts. And I came on here a couple of weeks ago and told you a little bit of my human design story. And I mentioned that I wanted to um, have other people tell their stories. And I also mentioned that I was introduced to human design by my sister, Barbara. So she is going to be our first person to talk about um, human, her human design story. And there's a lot of intersection between our stories then. Um, and so if any of you have siblings, my sister is my, I always say she's my person. We're super close. She lives in Thailand. I live in Georgia in the USA, and we still talk more than anybody else in my life. Um, <laughs> and we had to really like play with this to find a time when we could do this. So hence, nine o'clock in the morning for me is eight o'clock at night for her. And um, anyway, so here we are. And without too much further ado, um, Barbara, oh, I should probably introduce a little bit more about you, though you're quite capable of correcting everything I say that's wrong. So um, Barbara uh, has or is a 5-2 manifesting generator, and she's pure sacral, and she is sacral. Um, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about how she really got to understand her sacral response, kind of at the same time as some other intuitive gifts really started to come into fruition for her. And she really developed a lot of that simultaneously. If I'm saying, you know, if I'm correct in that, that's been my understanding. And um, through the process of this whole human design journey that we both have been on for about seven years, we've been in very different stages at very different points. And it's um, always been a thing where she very much express processes it as a manifesting generator and I deep dive it as a projector. And my initial deep dive made me like pull back because I couldn't be certain about it with my open Ajna, which we all know is the not self, which we don't, I don't really like that term, but that's what everybody knows. Um, but it's the shadow of the open Ajna is this needing to be certain or not being able to accept things. So I couldn't be certain initially. Um, and she has defined Ajna, and she knew what she knew. She's always kind of known what she knows. Um, and I'm talking too much already, so I'm going to let Barbara tell you her version of things and where we've gotten to with it now to where we're really um, kind of working together in some really fun, new, and exciting ways. So anyway, hi, Barb. Hi. <laughs> um. Yeah, wow, where to where to kick off. Right. Well, I should have left you with a yes, no question to respond to, right? <laughs> would you like well, to tell us more about your um about would you like to tell us about how you were introduced to human design? Yes, I would. Um I went to a healing affair here in Thailand, and it was a fun day where you could go and do like little taster things. And I had never heard the term human design. Um, and I was like, oh, well, let's find out what that is. And I was there with my oldest daughter, Amy. Um, and I went and had a human design reading. Amy went and had a human design reading. We both came back together and went, wow, that was really cool. Let's do another one because she said she can look at our connection or look at business connections. So I actually had two human design readings that day, but they were, you know, they were like 15, 20 minutes. So the woman's name was Antoinette. And I remember when she was doing my reading, she kept looking at my 3024, right, Kathy? Sacral of the throat. No, 2034. 2034. Oh, and, and the sun just moved into gate 20 this morning. So cool. And she said, this is a channel of charisma. And I was like, yeah, right. And she said, well, it's unconscious. So you're not really aware of it. And I'm like, no, you know, I, I'm arguing with her that I'm not a charismatic person. She said, and, and I knew her, you know, not intimately, but I knew her. And she goes, yeah, you're the person that is at the party that people are like, go and 
Oh, that woman over there. And you mean, you mean the one dancing on the table? Sorry? You mean the one dancing on the table? No, 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 no. Even when I'm just <laughs> I'm just over there and people are like, and so finally she kind of wore me down and I said, Well, could this have anything to do with why I get in trouble by saying, Hi, I'm Barbara. I don't think we've met. And they're like, I've mentioned your house for Thanksgiving. Like, I just understand I do sit down 50 person Thanksgiving dinners and my children invite people at the last minute and everything. Right. But I learned to never say, I don't believe, hi, I'm Barbara. I don't believe we've met because it happened too many times. My children were mortified. They're like, Mom, you've met them like four times. But I would meet these people who would introduce me to someone else and they'd say, Barbara is this person. And they'd start saying all these things about me. And I'm like thinking, I don't even know your name. I'm waiting for you to say your name. So I asked Antoinette, is that what you're talking about? Because I've always wondered, well, why do people think that we're really good friends? And I don't really, you know, it sounds kind of rude, but I don't really remember their names. But she's like, yes, you make an impression, you know, like like people notice you. And I was like, kind of pretty reluctant about it. But the thing that really stood out to me that first day was when she did the reading between Amy and I. And Amy and I had a business together. Um, it was, you know, a few years old. And we would often have a struggle. Amy is a 6'2 emotional projector. Like me. And I am an express processor, right? So we have these Monday morning meetings and she'd come over to my house and I'd be like, so I have this idea and I think we should design kids' shoes and we should use that indigenous fabric, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking knee-high lace-up boots for little toddlers. Isn't that great? And Amy's just like, and I'm waiting for her to respond. She's not saying anything. So I would continue talking, thinking she doesn't get it. And I'd say, well, what do you think? And she's like, I don't know, because you're not giving me a chance to even think. And I'm thinking, what? I said all this stuff. So Antoinette said, this is really important. She's like, Barbara, you have to give Amy time. Mm -hmm. Why? And she's like, this is what will work well. So, like, if you want to talk about a new idea on Monday at the meeting, like, send me a message on Friday and say, hey, Monday in the meeting, I have a new idea about children's boots that I want to talk to you about. Because now Amy has this time to process. And, of course, it's me, so I'm kind of slightly annoyed, like, because I like to move fast. That changed our business relationship, like so much. Or sometimes I would, as Antoinette further instructed me, like ask Amy to let me know when she was ready to discuss this topic. Again, I'm annoyed because I'm like thinking everybody's like me, right? We move 5,000 miles an hour and we have 554 ideas swimming through our head and it's go, go, go. Well, no. You know, so that was one of the biggest things was looking at the shift in my relationship with my daughter, mm -hmm. which was even bigger because we were in business together. And just learning that little piece helped me so much. And then as, you know, as time went on, I learned more about the whole emotional authority. Um, and I've, I'm not counting. I don't really deep dive. I something lights me up. I go into it and, you know, Kathy could attest to this. I'm telling her about something new I've learned. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm already, you know, coming up to the finish line. And she's like, what did you say in the beginning? And I'm like, okay. You know, because I just go, okay, I'm just a little slow. It take it because it's the whole emotional pro like it takes a while for the emotions to catch in. Right. But I, I do want to back up because you've said a whole bunch of things and I want to make sure we get to all the different parts that we get to want to get to in this. But um yeah, so you really express processed this in a way that works for you really well. And um it would be, get frustrating because 
for both of us, because as we were exploring this and I'm deep diving and she's, you know, I'm, I'm, and you would, I'm saying she, like I'm talking to them, and but I'm, I'm just talk like I'm yeah. talking to you. So, and everybody else can just be our little boys. And I do know that I saw that Helen and uh, Marla were here. I don't know if they're still here or who else is listening, watching, but um, I remember like I would start telling you something and I'd be like, well, you know, that's your conscious son. And that's, and you'd be like, how do you know that? And then I'd tell you it again a year later and you'd be like, how do you know that? And I'd be like, because it doesn't matter. And you just let it go. You'd express process it. You'd go on to the next thing. And then, um, whereas I tend to deep dive and go down all the rabbit holes and that sort of thing. And what has happened is, um, for, you know, I'm talking again, like, I'm having trouble knowing whether I'm talking to you or talking to the people who are watching. But so right now I'm saying. Talk to me. Okay. What I realize we have done is we've really married the, the, the differences in ourselves in a really nice way because you can take this into other things that you just go into and you bring all these other things in or bring human design into your other things is probably more accurate. And I have deep went deeply into the human design. So I have become the human design resource for you. Or even when you want to do your own express processing of some source material, I'm your resource of where to get it or who, who has it or what to look at or what should you read. And then it's often, I have to, I have to point yeah. out, Kathy, hmm. to be honest with everybody. I frustrate the hell out of Kathy because you want to tell me something. And if I don't, if I don't care about that at that point, I'm like, yeah, just stop with all the numbers. You know, remember I went through that phase where it's just like, when you start talking along oh, well, H20 and this gate and that right. gate and it's in the second line, you're, you would say to me, I could see you tune me out. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Right. And that's me a lot about that is my my energetic nature is that if it doesn't light me up, I don't want to know it. So if on that day I only want to know about this thing, Kathy. Mm-hmm. So that's how I work. But we have learned how to work with each other on that. And it used to be a point of frustration for us because I'm like. I don't want to sit here and listen for 30 minutes about the gate and what line it's in and everything else. But we've found a way to work with that. Well, part of but that is, I'm sorry. I'm, and th- no. for those of you watching, we're from a family, a huge family, and everybody's always talking. So you've, we have kind of l- learned this thing of like, like, wait, where can I jump in? Because both of us will just keep <laughs> continuing to talk until the other one. So um, that's kind of how we are with each other. So this is family dynamic here. But one of the things that it really has taught me is to be aware of how even in um, like a video conversation or an audio conversation, I can feel that I need to kind of re re-engage your sacral. So because the sacral really like closes you off when I talk too much or when I am not invited to share as much as I am sharing. So it will kind of shut down and I can feel that. And then, and um, that's been a really good thing for me to learn is, oh, I need to ask her, do you want to hear this? No, Kathy, I really don't have time for this, right? Like I can get that from her or, and you're pretty good about telling me why it doesn't matter to you. And I've had to realize that, you know, I don't need part of that. I think also came in the beginning with this need to um, justify what I was telling you with this like factual information that gave it credibility instead of just saying, you know, well, you're somebody with a ton of passion and desire. I had to say it's because you have your unconscious son in gate 30, I believe is what it is, right? Yes, gate 30, line two. Um, need to have your passion. It's important to point out for people to understand, like, like my journey. I learned those couple of pieces of information. I learned that my aura was really big, and it drew things to me. So I remember. So really, when people talk about strategy and authority, I was like, 
okay, um, I've got this big aura. I have this channel of charisma. Um, <clears throat> not everybody operates like me. You know, those are the, the beginning lessons, and I just moved forward. I didn't learn about very specific things. I remember then learning that I had one end of the money channel and my husband had the other end. And that was a point of fascination for a while because that really interplayed with our relationship a lot. When I was not honoring his, I call it the king position, and he was not honoring my huntress position of managing the resources, we had serious marital problems. And that money channel was really helpful in me working through a lot of things with my husband um, and understanding that. And the other pivotal thing for me... For, for those watching who don't know that she's talking about, she has the gate 21 and he had the gate 45. Her husband passed away just a few months ago. So um, I would add that. But um, so that's the bunny line for those of you, because not everyone who's listening is that well-versed in the same. And, and we did have, we had a relationship where we had big money and no money and big money and no money. And when I reflect back on it, I can see how those energies played into that. When we were not respecting each other's energy from those gates, it wasn't going well. And when we did, not only did our relationship flourish, but the money flourished and, you know, our businesses grew and everything was great. So that was a really big point for me. But that's the way I would approach it is I'm like, I'm really interested in this in this channel here. Don't talk to me about anything else, you know, because that's how I operate. My three daughters are all emotional authorities as Kathy is. What a pain in the neck. <laughs> the okay. Exploration for me. I thought for most of my life that I was a very emotional person. Guess what, guys? I'm not. I was just walking around, amplifying all this emotional energy all around me, all these emotional authorities. And I perceived that to be my energy. And when I began to understand did everybody else, <laughs> yeah, people would have told you, oh, yeah, she's, she's emotional, you know. But when I began to understand that I have an undefined solar plexus, I also was never alone my whole life. I, you know, had kids and I, you know, big family and all this stuff. And it really became apparent when my kids went off to university and I was alone for the first time in my life. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this is really evident. And I'm just like, you know, get me around my kids, sometimes my sister. And that their emotional energy so learning how to navigate that was really a great experience. And like Kathy said, her and I had found this great thing because, okay, I don't think she's touched on this at all, but I work with energy. Mm -hmm. I work with people to release their blocks, whether that's trauma energy or stuck energy. Um, I use kind of a combination of applied kinesiology, some shamanic and, and soul work. Um, and that involves muscle testing. If you don't know what that is, the basic concept is there is the, the large consciousness and we are all connected to that large consciousness. Our body is connected to that consciousness. So if I ask, does Kathy have a block in her heart that goes through this connection? And I'm connected to her through this overriding um, consciousness or this, you know, I hate to call it the collective because the collective kind of feels like it's got a little bit of a negative connotation, but I can receive answers about does Kathy have blocks. Um, so that's muscle testing and, just to understand, I currently do it this way. So this is a yes and this is a no. And I'm telling you that because I worked with my sacral response. And, you know, all the years of what's acceptable and not acceptable in my society, I didn't trust my gifts, my intuition and everything. So when I'm beginning the muscle test, 
I'm like, is that really real? When I'm beginning to try and listen to my sacral, I'm like, is that really real? But the two really helped me, you know, embrace both of them. Like, okay, yeah, my sacral is saying yes. And my muscle testing is saying yes, you know. So that really helped my journey with with both of those. Mm-hmm. And for a long time now, I've had this uh, this quest, this passion. There are so many systems out there and people are saying, oh, my system is the answer. My system is the answer. And I know that no one system is the answer. I know that human design is very powerful and has a lot of really great information. Creating, I sometimes call it a marriage between some of these systems, like what is the best part of this and this and this? And so this is kind of what Kathy was alluding to, that it has been my experience that it can be very difficult to to really do the human design journey justice if you have energetic blocks inside of you. I mean, I've worked on myself, I've worked on Kathy, I've worked on family members. Um, not that long ago, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to ask, do I have blocks in my root center? Do I have blocks in my will center, in my sacral? And I went through all my nine centers. And then I said, okay, of the, I think it was two centers that had blocks, which is my highest priority to look at. And I got that it was the root center. I have an open root center. And so energetically, I went into it. I said, what are the walks there? And I found old traumas. I found the ancestral energies that had come through me. I found karmic energies. You know, I released those things. So I'm all about, can we put things into alignment? And, you know, you can study the, the mechanics and the writings and the raw teachings and all of that. And, and you can... Do all of that, but if you have a trauma, a trauma that's stuck in there, it's going to be very difficult for you to embrace the the highest expression of your design. Um, and so, anyway, that's kind of some of what Kathy and I have begun to to work with is how do we take the two areas and take the, the best of both, and how do they work? and help each other to help someone move forward. Um, so that experience, so that is really exciting. Um, you know, there's a couple of other systems that are kind of coming into play too. But being able to look at, at the nine centers and say, um, I believe I did it for you, Kathy. I think I cleared blocks in one of your centers. Uh, yeah, and this is the thing, I'll in full disclosure, Barbara has done so many things. You've done so many things for me. And I have a notebook and I could look it up, but I don't even remember which one now because once the stuff is gone, it's really just feels like it's gone. And, you know, like I don't like, it's not even like I really think about it. And, and it's really something where, um, you know, we've been doing this work together for years, right? It's been this onion of stuff where we'll go through phases where I remember there was a period where I think for a few months, every week, you were helping me and, you know, we were doing releases for me. And then we'd go through phases where, you know, we were talking and processing stuff for you. And I don't do the stuff you do, but you would tell me about the stuff you've gone through. And then I would help you kind of um, see where to move forward with that energy through how your design operates. And so what we've really been seeing is how there is this, um, this really nice kind of marriage between what we do where Barb will have clients, you know, you get clients that come to you and have all these blocks and you clear them. And then sometimes people are like, this is who I've been my whole life. I've lived my life as this person with these genetic traumas or these childhood things that have messed me up and blocked me for so long. I don't know who I'm, how I'm supposed to operate. So then when you send him to me and I can help them, you know, some people can just figure it out with their chart. Sure. That's great. But some people need that direction and that help to get out of just, you know, getting caught up in some, because human design can be another conditioning. 
when people are just trusting the rules and the labels, it can condition you because you're still not trusting yourself. And right. so, right? Excellent. So the whole thing is trusting yourself. So getting the blocks gone, but then not making you their guru or me their guru or Rauru who you're their guru. You know, there's such a big thing. And then I'm just going to say in this group, it's called intuitive human design. And the reason I love that name of intuitive human design is because your intuition is yours. It's, um, yes, it's your authority too, but your authority is here to help you really unlock all your intuitive gifts. And when you do that, you know, you know what's correct for you. And so getting rid of those things that are in the way are a huge starting point. Um, and sometimes, you know, I work with clients and we do things like, you know, tapping and um, just different, um, mostly tapping and talking and we process things and there are different like little um, exercises. They'll have people do some mirror work or different um, affirmations and things like that. And that can really help. But when you're coming into something and you've got some kind of you know, trauma that came from what was one you had, we had come up with that was like for both of our family, that was, I forget how many 90 generations ago or something that has been oh, passed yeah. on. I mean, women in our, you know, these ancestral energies. Right. Yeah. They can cause, you know, DNA mutations and epigenetic suppression. So they, that your body, your mind, nothing is even functioning as it's intended to because your body really wants to protect you. So it can do a lot of crazy things um, that affects how you behave, how you think, how your physical body functions because there's this trauma that happened 18 generations back and everybody keeps passing it down. Because they're like, we want to protect everybody. We want to protect everybody. And this thing happened. This thing happened. So we've got to make sure everybody's prepared because this thing might happen again. Well, maybe that, that, that thing is so far in ancient history that nothing like that happens anymore. But you're still carrying the energy. And your body is still making adjustments. Or your brain, your amygdala, is constantly triggering the fight-flight. Constantly which is battering your adrenal glands, which is making you anxious and having panic. And this is all happening because of something that happened 10 generations ago and you're still carrying the energy. Right. The work that I do can cover all kinds of different scenarios. And, and once we release that, then your body is like, oh, I feel safe. But sometimes you don't know how to take the next step. The human design is a beautiful system to say, oh, okay, now look at this. Let's approach it this way. This is your authority or this is this energy. So it really is, in my opinion, a beautiful energy. You know, that it's it's been really a cool thing. There have been times where I can remember us getting so excited as we would be doing either whether it be a release that you were doing with me or something where we were talking about something you were doing for yourself or what, you know, for your daughter, Amy or something, my niece, um, we would all of a sudden be talking about, you'd be talking about, and I'd be looking at their chart and I'd be like, this energy that you released really sounds like the description of this gate. And it was always something in the design side and human design teaches that the design, the red gates those all come from the father, right? The That's all comes passed along from the father because the design crystal is called and the magnetic monopole is called forth from the, you know, from the earth for, um, and from the father. And then, so somehow that's passed along through, through the sperm into the child and then it, or into the embryo initially. And then when you're born, you, you know, you have the encoding on the personality crystal, but that all that genetic stuff, it always seems like there's something where I can be like, oh, look at that. That's in the design Mars, you know, and that, 
you know, and Mars is always known through gene keys as this, you know, core wound, which is often something that's really, you know, we're here to heal, not just, you know, gene keys, for those of you who are not familiar with it, teaches some very unique things about each planet. And with the design Mars, for example, it teaches that that's a wound that we're here to heal. And as we heal that wound, we heal it for humanity. So when we do these releases, we're not just helping ourselves, we're helping our children, helping our grandchildren, we're helping the collective. And so it's really been cool to um, to see this. And it's really, I do want to go back to the whole part about the the differences in our journeys too, because we'll be doing all this stuff and we'll get really deep in it. And, um, you know, and you're, you've been able to bring in all these different things and at the same time and, and have these great insights, but at the same time, you just really kind of stay, um, on a, on a much more like even keeled almost surface level of human design. That's been really, um, been really nice um to help keep me ground more grounded and because for a long time I was you know like I know you would uh, you said this and you know my coach Kim Guillory she's always say Kathy get out of your head right yeah um right and so the muscle teaching the muscle testing has really helped um me to stay more grounded as you've been teaching me that but um you know, that's still thing is, is, in my opinion, the most important thing is. I'm checking chat just so you know why I keep picking up my phone because I have it on here so that. Um, yes, so I, we've got a few yes, people watching. No. Wait, someone wanted to know there. We did not share a Zoom link because this is us talking and then I'm just checking. So if there's questions in here, I'll see them in the chat. But I just didn't want to mess with a bunch of people um, coming on, at least at this point, because we're as you know, we had technical difficulties. We're still trouble figuring things out. And maybe in the future, we might bring the Zoom link where people are at least in the chat. I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway, go on. I had, I just wanted to say oh, all this. I thought you were saying that was a question. No, um, I'm saying if there are any, please, I'm telling people, even though there's no me, Zoom, I'm looking at it. The, the primary aim of anything is to get you in touch, accepting and loving and knowing your authentic self, mm -hmm. right? So I have some real issues with human design sometimes, and, and Kathy knows that, and, and I get really angry. I'm like- And I agree with them, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't carry a fundamental viewpoint on anything in life. I believe that we are all very unique. And that the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to get to know that unique person and accept that unique person. And so the work that I do is trying to get rid of the blocks and things that are keeping us from knowing, loving, and accepting, because that's how we get into flow and we do amazing things in the world. And so when I see a human design discussion that gets into like rules and fundamental things and, well, you know, and Rob said, I just, you know, I usually bite my tongue and don't comment, but I'm like, Rob said it's an experiment. Mm -hmm. And so you need to see how you feel in it. Right. And I think that that viewpoint is what kept me from going into, well, let me learn all the details of this. I learned about me. And then I learned about my children and I learned about my sister. And sometimes I learn about a client. Sometimes I look at a person and I go, yeah, I, I see they're probably this. But I just really can't stand that attitude. And, and Kathy was sharing something with me the other day that someone said in a group as a comment. And I went, that is the biggest load of bullshit I ever heard. There is absolutely no truth in that. There is no way. The human body is supposed to do that. And it just made me angry because this human design person is saying, here's one of the rules. And I'm like, that's a crock. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I actually, my body at this point responds to energy. It, it, it you know, you talk about a bullshit meter between my sacral, my intuition, my higher self, all these things. 
they just light up. And she said that to me. And I was just like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I hate in some of these groups. So if I could say something to anybody who listens to this, get out of your head, feel your body, feel your body, listen to your authority, you know, back off from the learning. I can tell you about Kathy. She was annoying the heck out of me at one point in this journey because she was so in her head and she was learning and reading and, oh, and, you know, and she was quoting numbers. And, and I was just like, you just do my head in when you do that. And then she relaxed and she let that information begin to integrate into her. Mm-hmm. I saw this beautiful gift emerge from her where she had this intuitive ability. And I said, oh, my God, I love this. It's like, you're not quoting a gate. You're saying, well, you know, your environment is mountains. You know, so it might be helpful for you. You know, you're living in an apartment. Go sit by the window. Right. The window and breathe. And I'm like, I love this. This is the kind of stuff that lights me up. You know, this is the kind of stuff that I think is the real beauty of the human design journey is when you learn to try it on and you feel it and you go, wow, when I began to feel that energy, you know, the 2145, that money line with my husband, I began to feel it and go, oh, yeah, man, I was not giving him his position. I was not allowing him to be in that energy. That's him. And that screwed up our relationship. You were amplifying that gate. You were taking his energy of that gate and you were amplifying it, trying to be it. But yeah, I was fighting with him because I didn't feel like he was in my position as the hunter. Like, I want to manage the resources and you ain't letting me, so I'm not giving you your position. And so then we were burned. Right. Uh, We do have a question. Lessons of human design to me are what I encourage people on your journey. The more you can breathe, Feel it in your body and see how it's impacting your body. To me, that's the beauty of the journey. So we have a question in the comments that I wanted to address um, from Ellen. She says, I'm curious if you feel muscle testing is as accurate for those with an undefined sacral. It's asking a yes slash no question. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And I will say, because I'm undefined, I'll give my opinion, then I'll hear what you have to say. Because I find that what's um it's not so much the undefined sacral that makes me not trust it it's the emotional wave that makes me not as confident when i feel something because you know as somebody who is not meant to know in the moment that feeling of you know um sw- like cuz i just try i do swaying i do it once in a while like this but i don't trust that as much as i trust the sway um but I know sometimes I will actually do this back and forth for a long time before I can like kind of like my body will just be like almost like how the pendulum works, you know, where a lot of times it just goes in circles until it, you know, whatever it does. Um, but I don't really ask things in a in a yes, no question. I ask in a truth, not truth question. Is this the truth? Is this correct so um when i'm asking you know because the the original way that barbara taught me to get grounded and tested is you know to first do all this uh, there's certain processes to ground myself in um get out of my head and then say my name is kathy that's not a yes no question that's a statement and if it, and I should sway forward. And I do remember the, do you remember the first time you were teaching me how to do this? And I kept swaying backwards and we're like, what the hell? And then you said, just intuitively, you said, say, my name is Sonia. And I swayed forward because I was so in Sonia's, our, my adult daughter, who at the time was going through a bunch of stuff. We'd just been talking about her so much. I was in her energy and my body knew I was not grounded in my own energy. So I swayed forward when I said that I was swaying backwards because I was not. I was, is my body's way of knowing, no, you're not in your own energy right now. So that's my feeling on it, but I would love to hear your take. Okay. Um, I used the sacral response and the muscle testing together, but one has nothing to do with the other. 
You know, I know people who are extremely proficient in muscle testing that do not have sacral authority. They have undefined sacrals. A lot of it with the muscle testing is one practice, and that's what I try to encourage Kathy to do. I'm like, you got to do it to the point where your body is trusting that you really want to know. Because let's face facts, most of us spent most of our life not listening to our body. So our body's kind of reluctant to talk to us. So you're asking your body to give you information. And, you know, I kind of think of it as your body is like, really? You haven't listened to me in 40 years. You're going to listen to me now? So this morning when I asked you which earring I should wear, I should probably have just held one and set to, and swayed to yes. see. Sweet. It's yes. like simple little things like that is what I need to just get in that habit of doing yes. more to develop those skills. Right. So it doesn't have anything to do with the sacral because it's a level of consciousness, but it definitely has to do with your comfort level, your trusting of yourself and your embracing your intuition. And, you know, I wasn't where I am today years ago. I was still like, is that, you know, I would ask it like three times to make sure I got the same answer. Um, and now I move so fast that sometimes my muscle testing is responding to the next thought that's coming forward before I can, you know, really form the, you know, it's just moving like that. But I'm at a point where I'm very trusting in my higher self, my intuitive abilities, my gifts, my, my um, connection to the highest levels of consciousness. But this is something that I work with. So, yeah, it has, one has nothing to do with the other. And the sacral is a very personal thing. You know, like I feel like the sacral, I, that's more about me. Amy's on. Your daughter's watching. I just saw that. Yes. Just came on. Hi, Amy. Um, um, yeah, Amy's back at my house. But oh, that's not okay. talk about later. Um, anyway, yeah, so the, the, the two are different. I just happen to find a way that helps me embrace my intuition and help me grow that sacral response. Because, I mean, like everybody else... I didn't immediately understand that it was okay to go. Mm -hmm. But then as I started paying attention, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do do that. And because I'm direct sacral to the throat, it comes pretty fast. And you don't happens. usually say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you usually no, say. No, I'm like, yeah, no, hell no. I don't or know yet. Worse. <laughs> yeah. And right. And sometimes it even feels like my sacral is responding before you can finish the question. Yeah. I was trying to explain to a friend of mine who's a splenic projector and she doesn't know a lot about human design yet. And so she said, what do you mean by your sacral response? And I said, okay, think of like five, six questions that you can ask me that are yes or no, and just fire them at me. And that's all it took. She's like, I see, I get it. And I'm like, she would be like halfway through the question and I'm, it would just come out. Yeah. No. Yes. Uh-huh. You know? And she was like, wow. Yeah. I see that. Mm -hmm. uh, so and you have so, a personal thing. Can I ask a question about that? Because I, I just had a thought that that direct line to the throat and the, the sureness of how you respond, um, that can be intimidating to people who don't have that and almost like feel like I can see where that over the course of your life has kind of given people a little bit of a, well, Barbara's so like, you know, full of like almost like an arrogance that, that people interpret in that, that is because you're so much more sure of your answers than most people are able to be if they don't have that direct line to the throat. Um, yeah. yeah, because that is such That's a, a good point. thing. And so because my responses come quickly. So even before I had any knowledge of any of this, you know, way back in school and because I didn't understand the different types of energy. Yeah. I would get exasperated. I'm like, Oh, you know, like you can take so long. It's and like, as a five two, people probably project a lot of, um, stuff stories on that 
and have a lot of stories about you that they have created because of it. Yeah. And I mean, the whole five projection field, we could have hours of discussion about that and my explorations with my five two-ness and, you know, the projection field from both the five and the two and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, um, well, we're getting close to the journey and I really look forward to further exploration with Kathy and, you know, other people I've been exploring a bit with a girlfriend of mine who is very, very visually intuitive and has been since she was a toddler. She had her first vision when she was a toddler and she knew that she was meant to do things. And so we explore her intuition and her visualness with human design and my energetics. And so, as I said, there's no one system for anything, but I believe that human design is one of the top. Um, I was all of consciousness, but I don't know that everybody would understand that. But Well, I was just going to ask you if you would want to explain, uh, maybe list a couple of the other things that you see as being up there with human design as being the the tools that have helped you and that have helped me, you help me and that, that you use. Cause I know there are some things like level of consciousness and, um, yeah. Um, there's, there's a book, if you're not familiar with it, it's called power versus force. And it talks about the levels of consciousness. Um, and I, who's the author? I know you've told Sorry, me. who's the author. Do you remember? Um, Yes, of course I remember. Can I yeah. tell you right now? Okay, that's fine. Somebody will Google it and put it in the comments. Hawkins. 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 I knew it. I knew it too. David's like, Hawkins. Hawkins. I not I, same reason I didn't. It's fascinating to read this. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, like, if a person is functioning at a, at a level of 200 consciousness, they are fighting. Everything in their life is a fight, okay? And you can you can see it in the way they view life, the world. Things are threatening to them. Mm-hmm. They're not welcoming. They're not open because it's, it's like they're in survival mode. When you get to the level of 500 consciousness, that's the level of love. So that's when you begin to feel you know, love for humanity a bit more. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. I could do a whole talk on that because it's my understanding that the human consciousness has evolved so much since that book was written. So Hawkins topped it at a level of consciousness of 1,000, which was ascended masters, you know, Jesus Christ, Mohammed, you know, uh, Buddha were... Those were the levels that were at a thousand. Um, I'm currently finding that there's people that are at four thousand. The level of consciousness has has risen, right? And the, the point was is I t- I like to test different modalities or systems or teachers, speakers, articles. What is the level of truth? Light and consciousness are three different little questions I might ask. And so if, if I'm presented with something and I test that level of consciousness and I get it set at 500, I'm like, I'm probably not going to read it or listen to it. Right. Now, I'm saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm at a point where I want to be consuming, absorbing things that are at least in the high 2000s as far as their level of consciousness. So a lot of systems out there test quite low. Human design tests quite high. There are certain aspects. It's not a flawless, perfect system. There are parts of it that, you know, they're not like verbatim. But the system itself, the the centers, the gates, the cosmic, the majority of all of that is very high level consciousness. Um, I also work a bit with what's known as the Michael teachings, which is information that's been channeled for decades through many, many people. 
and it talks about our soul um, and the decisions we made before we came into this life. You know, we, we chose a particular role and there's certain information around that role. Uh, I think it's really funny. My role is that of a sage. I am here to deliver the message, not get hung up on the transmissions or the aesthetics of it or the details, just deliver the message. Kathy over here, my lovely sister, her sole role is that of a scholar. She's deep diving, you know, the, the whole projector nature is, is much deeper than the manifesting generator. So there is one I think of it is that sage the sage is very fifth line. The fifth line is the heretical teacher who's here to bring things out and is very projected upon, but they're supposed to not not care. You're just here to deliver the message, and that's very much the teaching of I'm unapologetically Barbara. That is my Facebook business page, unapologetically. Um, so there's a lot of wonderful information in there. Um, and it coincides with things in human design and you know the Michael teachings is very high level consciousness i mean this is these are spiritual beings that are channeling information okay um it's got to be pretty high level consciousness but yeah that's in the high three thousands yeah um it depends on who the person was the channel it because different people you know anyway so there's all these wonderful things that you could access information and I love trying to see how they how they work together and what more we can experience out of it when we are open enough to say, wow, this human design stuff is really cool. But let's put this kinesiology, this energetic in there, and let's get into Kathy's ego center and find out what blocks she's got in there and clear those out so she can embrace the highest expression of that center. You know, part of what Kathy and I are working on in the, in the marriage of the, the systems is um, trying to help people find the highest expression. Right. Of and yeah, and it's... We've been trying to decide which is comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. But what we realized it's one of those things I'm starting to feel like people can really enter it from either direction. Like they can be trying to, you know, live their human design experiment and feeling that they're so stuck. There's so many, like I feel recently, especially, I feel so much pain and just stagnation in some of the human design Facebook group posts that I'm seeing where people are just like, I'm so sick of waiting and when's it going to happen? And there's all, and I don't mean to belittle their pain and their struggles, right. but you know, it's like, you know, and for a while I was kind of like that. And then I'll, it's like when you, when it changes, when it shifts, it's just like amazing. And like people, especially, I don't know, it's probably that just as extreme for anyone, but I can only speak as a projector, you know, as a projector, when we're in our bitterness, like nobody wants to be anywhere within a hundred miles of us, right? They don't want to call us. Like nobody, like we're just all alone in our misery because nobody. Right, I have a lot of projectors in my life. She's right. Right? So, and there you just like, and you're so bitter because there's, you're not being recognized. You have all these gifts. Nobody's reaching out. There's no invitations. And you're sitting in that. And even when you try to distract yourself, when you're still in that energy, it's like, you know, like my friend and coach Kim says, it's like an ice pick, right? To the forehead, she says, which doesn't really make you feel really good as a projector, but she's like, it's painful. And so, but then when you realize the only way out is through, and it's by really saying, I know who I am. And this system, which is a, like the system of human design can really break a person before it before it builds you up because you can look at all these things and you can recognize yourself in all the shadow expressions of everything, right? And then what I see some people do is just see that as this is how I was made and this is how I have to be. But no, as soon as you see yourself in the shadow, that's your cue to know this is where I need to focus because this is where I'm in the shadow. 
So now, what is the gift of this? And how do I find this gift? And nobody else can do that for you other than yourself. No coach, no... Um, I mean, and, and I, I will say, say that they that, help you do it, but you have to do it, is my point. Yes. I believe a lot of times when you see the most bitter or a projector or frustrated for a manifesting generator or generator, when you see that, to me, it's a really great indicator that there's something in there. You know, I mean, yeah. I think you're comfortable with me sharing this whole, the projector needs to be recognized. Oh my gosh. When Kathy and I first began doing energy work together, that's what we were working on so much is all of this old wounding around not being seen, not being recognized, you know, including generational karmic things, but her childhood and, and the my big sister who used to make me walk behind her, who so tried to smash her toes with a hammer, you know, my other sister. That was, oh. Okay. No, that's right. She did the hairbrush. You were the hammer. Okay. So, um, but I didn't really do it. I just threatened her. Right. She just pounded near my feet and I was what, like eight, you know? And so, um, but when we were kids, you know, here's me, this projector wound, I have this manifesting generator sister, two manifesting generator sisters walking down the street. And my mom said they had to make, take me wherever we were going. And she would, Barbara would turn around and be like, you're too close. Walk further behind. I don't want people to see you with us. Cause she was like 12 and I was like eight, you know? So, um, you know, so yeah, she has. But, yeah. But the point being that a lot of times when you sound recognized, and I was scarred. Right. Kathy did not feel recognized. She had a lot of trauma around not being recognized. And, you know, so to work through that. Um, so that's where I'm saying you can look at, at the systems. And I think that, you know, she knew that there were issues there. But like having a name for it in human design, it's like bitter. Yes, she was bitter. But I don't think I would have ever thought of that word. If it wasn't for human design, but then you begin to recognize, oh, yeah, she's being really bitter there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And for me, you know, my not self is the frustration. And I don't think I ever labeled it as frustration. I would just get stressed. I'm like, I'm trying to do all this stuff, all this stuff, and it's not working. It's not working. And people are changing stuff. And they're exasperation. I think exasperation is a better term for the manifesting generator because it has that yeah. element of anger in it too. And it's this exasperated with everything, you know. Anyway, we've talked long enough. I don't right. know what you said. Um, you know, if anybody wants to know anything. I'm happy to answer any questions that come up down the road in the comments or whatever. I don't see any other questions right now. So um, this has been really fun. And um, I know that this might be a hard act to follow because we have so much relationship together. And then just the fact that Barb's got all this cool stuff she's doing. But I would really love to invite people who are interested in telling their human design story to DM me or um, reach out somehow. And we can talk about whether or not it feels correct and what, you know, what we might want to like talk about. Like we talked in advance about the fact that we were going to discuss how Barbara has been using all these other modalities in with human design and how we've kind of been working together now more. And so um, I think everybody knows if they want to find me, they can just find me in the group or they can go to kathybashanko.com. But if you want to contact Barbara, you can um, DM her or, through Facebook, or you can also um, find her Facebook page is Unapologetically Barbara, which is also your Instagram, correct? <clears throat> yes. Excuse me, your Instagram page. Right. And then, um, you know, if you're interested in knowing what modality she offers or that if you're interested in any of that sort of stuff, you can reach out to her there as well. I know... Um, she does offer work on Fiverr, but I believe you do it without having to go through that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you want to talk about, you know, feeling stuck or blocks or anything like that, you can just DM me. Um, if you want to see, yes, yeah, so you can go to Fiverr. You can find me on Fiverr and you can see reviews and 
you know, right. some packages. But really, if you want to do something, if you're part of this this group or friends with Kathy or whatever, you know, just DM me for the work. We don't have to uh, go through official routes if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, thanks. And um, Love you. I, I'm going to regroup. I've got a in-person human design class I'm teaching in a couple hours. So, um, and it's getting late there. So, um, I know you're an early to bed, early to rise, keeping you healthy, wealthy, and wise. So, well, that depends on how many daughters I have in house. Right. I have some energy to release from somebody tonight, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. It's been great. Thank you so much. And um, thanks. Have, have, a, have a great event else. today or workshop, whatever you want to call it. And um, I just love to hear comments about what people thought about this. If you want to just put something in the comments. And if you're watching this on the replay, just post the word replay so that we know um, who was here afterwards to kind of join us. And like I said, any input on future stories or things you'd like to hear more about. I'm sure Barb will answer questions in the comments too if you tag her in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Good night. Night. Love you. Love you.